There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show, Inside STL Podcast Network, HomeLoanExpert.com Studios. It is May 3rd, 2021. We call it Questions from the Audience. It's just our podcast. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss. What's up, Jackson? What up, Tim? How's it going down there? It is wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Jackson. We, uh, we, have, we have a smorgasbord of, uh, of questions here this week because we really haven't taken many over the last... <laughs> uh last few podcasts actually yeah. but i've just kind of been choosing topics and going into them but we got a bunch of emails and i want to go into them uh so you're always welcome i got a bunch of things i need to say first off the homeloanexpert.com ryan kelly studio sponsor mark Hanna, evergreen wealth strategies evergreenstl.com uh seth goldcamp design air heating and cooling designairservice.com 17 dollars a month for the maintenance package at designairservice.com what 17 dollars a month that's it Go to designairservice.com. They're the official HVAC provider of the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And I am a very happy client. And Jackson, your parents are very happy clients. The happiest of clients. They need Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. They really are the best. Uh, Jim Rogers, Restoration One, Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. He also has American Environmental. You also have James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves and Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson. They're with stlouisaccurate.com, altontoyota.com, Munganest, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast and the Ryan Kelly morning after. So we got all kinds of things going on here. We got all kinds of things going on here. Um, and I'm going to try to knock out a bunch of these things here. Um, I'll start on the fan page, Action Jackson. Cool. So many of the emails we've gotten over the last couple of weeks were regarding the relocation mm. topic, which has mm. then led to a bunch of, you know, life decision emails, which aren't necessarily relocating, but life decision. I've got a lot of them, and I appreciate people getting personal. You can always email in T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Questions, comments, erotic stories, opinions, requests for deep dives, whatever. We take it all. We go into whatever. It's basically just bullshitting here is what we do on the podcast. Um, and then also don't forget for Mother's Day and Father's Day sound story, mysoundstory.com. Uh, Check it out. Or you can email me if you want to do one for your family. Uh, you want to do one for mom for Mother's Day. You want to do one for dad for Father's Day. Uh, you want to get one for mom for Mother's Day, get one for dad for Father's Day. Knock it out. You can just go to mysoundstory.com, get the gift certificate. Shopping's done. So, um, knock that thing out and go to sound story. Me, Dan McLaughlin, Doug Vaughn, Chris Raby, all available for interviews. Um, with Sound Story. So this one was, um, I, I like this question because it, it kind of gets into something that maybe I can, I can kind of set the record straight on. Mm -hmm. The question is, considering your comments on staying slash living in Florida, would you still consider St. Louis a buy in terms of a stock? So I want to make this clear. So my, my answer to the question is a yes, but just because I like and my wife likes, and I believe, even though it's, tough to really break down with a three-year-old our son likes living in florida it's not because we dislike the city of st louis or we're like oh well st louis is trending downwards therefore we are going to live in 
a different place. It's it's really a weather based thing. Mm-hmm. I have a and, and St. Louis St. Louis can become the new Austin Texas, and it's not going to change the weather. So that's that's what it gets down to. And for whatever reason, and I don't know why, my happiness has a direct correlation with the ability to see sunshine and be outside and warm weather. Not even it, it's not like you give me a hundred degrees versus even forty degrees, and I'll take a hundred degrees all day long. So that's just that it's a it's a personal preference thing. But it isn't like I'm going oh, you know, this happened in St. Louis so therefore it's not it's not that it's just and, and again I wasn't even thinking you know first off to, to be clear th- there's a bunch of factors going into any decision on on where we live with regards to my career and my uh, radio contract uh, being up at the end of the year so that's you know that's that's in a separate conversation mm-hmm. but as far as why we like Florida as opposed to to you know another city i can't speak to that i just know that we like florida because we like warm weather year round that's what we like and you know to not deal with the cold and the gray and the rain that's the reason so i want to make sure that i that you know this i think it's a good question because maybe people are like oh now you're are you not high on st louis and no that's not at all i'm flying back to st louis here uh for a few days over mother's day weekend on thursday and I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, Tr- truly looking forward to it. What's that, Action Jackson? Oh, just saying, hell yeah. Well, good yeah, I mean, I'm, there are restaurants. There, there are people I haven't seen. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been down here. This is May third. I've been I've been in Florida since December 29th. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I haven't gone anywhere. And, and I, I mean, I've gone nowhere north. Mm-hmm. And went to Miami a couple different times, which is like ninety miles south. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, this is where I've been, and I'm just, I'm just happy. It, it's just, it's. It, I don't know. I don't know if necessarily even fifty percent of people would would feel the same way. They may need certain things, but I kind of like, you know, I don't kind of like. I love the fact that I just can kind of be in my own little world, and uh, and I like the warm weather. Mm-hmm. And where I play golf, it is not busy, and I can go up there and hit balls, chip, putt, put air music on, mm-hmm. podcasts on, listen listen to that while I'm hitting balls, and just be in my own little world. It kind of serves as, you know, some semblance of exercise. I get out and I just run. Um, exercise, you never have to worry about, you know, there's a 3 o'clock storm every day. I think it's maybe rained. God, at this point, how many days have I been here? Let's call it 30 days a month, so it's four full months, so approximately 125 days. Maybe five days have been washouts. Mm -hmm. I think that's rare for how little rain, but either way, you know, you'll get storms in the afternoon here and there, but I think that comes during the summer months. So we wanted to get a feel for summer. I I guess I'm coming back to St. Louis, uh, the plan is anyway, permanently, for now, permanently. Um, on June 12th, I think mm-hmm. is the date because we have the dotum on the 14th and the 15th Yep. details to be announced this week. But, um, yeah, so we're, we, you know, my wife said, why are we even going back if we're happy? And I'm like, yeah, why not? We don't need to be back. The radio station says do the show from wherever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, might as well, might yeah. as well do. We're just happy here. And, I, and I'll say this with regards to all these emails, Almost every single one of them 
if not every single one of them, have said, yeah, do what makes you happy and like kind of like confused uh, as to why anybody would care. And I don't know, maybe maybe the game is... You know who I was talking to just before uh, we started the pod? I was talking to the cat. Hey. And, uh, and he goes, you're still down in Florida. I go, yeah. He goes, that's the greatest. And I said, yeah. I said, yeah. He goes, the, the, he goes, the pandemic changed the game. I said, it did. Because when I first did did this back in 2018, it was kind of like, whoa, we're going to be doing the show remotely? That, I wonder how that'll go. Now, I don't think anybody even thinks anything of it. It's going to be weird for me doing the show in studio, actually, on Friday. Yeah, that'll be wild. I mean, for it's going to be it's going to be a weird thing, and it's not just being down here. It's I've been doing the show mainly from my home for most of 2020, so mm-hmm. that'll be a weird thing. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I mean, I like the question because it a lot. It's, it's not something I was thinking, but perhaps some people were going, "Oh, are you not high on St. Louis anymore?" And that's that's not it. It's just there. This is one thing that St. Louis cannot offer, and that is year-round ability to get outside. And I personally, for whatever, I hate, I hate that I value it as much as I do. I really do. I hate it. I don't like it, but I know that I do. So it's just a, it's just something that is, you know, the thing about it. Here's here's something, and I don't know if I've said this when we've talked about it over the last two weeks. If you're worried, you might really like it, and you wouldn't be able to continue to do it. Don't try it. Mm, mm-hmm. So whatever that is, by the way, whether it be you're thinking about doing a line of blow, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're thinking about an, engaging in a sexual activity with a person, you know, <laughs> a person of a different, uh, you know, married person. Different. Uh, you might you might be going gay for the first time. Might be going straight for the first time. Whatever it is, and you're like, well, that isn't that isn't something that I can do long term. But I might really like it. Don't don't find out that you really like it. Yeah. It's a dangerous thing. Yeah. But when I first came down here, the ability to work remotely wasn't in play. It wasn't even something you were thinking about. It wasn't even in play 15 months ago. So now the game has changed, and then it's. What's made it live. And that, that's where a lot of these emails have come from, like a lot of these life decision emails. And they, they keep coming. I got two more last night overnight. Uh, let's see. I haven't read this one yet, so it's kind of high risk. So you might need to edit because I... Yeah. Um, super boring question here. What are your thoughts on how the Cardinals handle the radio broadcasts? Uh, this has nothing to do with specific people. This is simply about the idea of having a rotating play-by-play guy for different innings. If I'm not mistaken, on the road, John Rooney has innings 1, 2, 5, 6, 9, and Ricky Horton has the rest. And at home, it flips, and Shannon has 1, 2, 5, 6, 9, with Rooney taking on the rest. I don't listen to other broadcasts, so not sure if this happens other places. I prefer the one play-by-play person doing the whole game with a color commentator always there as well. I understand that the idea of Shannon being in the booth plays a large part of this, and with him leaving, this may change, but I feel it takes away from the game to have two different styles of play-by-play taking place within a game. What are your thoughts? I like the question as well. My honest answer is I haven't listened to a Cardinal game on the radio, and I have no idea how long. So that's that's my honest answer. I think David, uh, you you hit the nail on the head with regards to the Mike Shannon accommodation. That's that's what this is mainly about. You have you know I mean you also and I don't think he mentioned Mike Claiborne. Mike Claiborne's part of the radio broadcast team as well, and I know he's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, 
it's that it's it's a Mike Shannon thing. Yeah. I guess what you could say is, well, Shannon's not there on the road, so what about having Rooney do play-by-play and Ricky Horton do color? I don't know. I don't. I don't have the answer to it. It would be the equivalent of if I turned on, you know, Ricky Horton and John Rooney doing a podcast, and they asked about TMA, <laughs> and they started speculating. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be. You know, and that that may irritate me. Although I don't really know if I would be irritated by it. But the premise being, I don't know, and I'm sure they have their reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to call Cardinal baseball. I've said that before. That was how I got into this business. I would. I wanted to call Cardinal baseball, mm-hmm. and I, with how random my mind works, um, and how I can just sit here and talk. And I'm not saying can in a good way. How I'm have a weird trait that allows me to just keep talking. And Jackson, you just sit there and play along with it. God bless you. <laughs> uh, that I'm like, oh, I could do the Vin Scully thing, you know. Not at Vin Scully's level, to be crystal clear, but I could just talk. Yeah. And I got all this Cardinal baseball knowledge in my head because I've, like, lived with it and died with it since 1982 mm-hmm. that I know I could just sit there and just, like, basically have a conversation with myself and just go so super, you know, yeah. random. But, my God, I, I don't know if the olds would enjoy it. I don't think that they well, would. They, first, they... Off, first off, I'm quite confident I'm not in the mix to be hired. <laughs> a number one. Um, but... It's just, that's what I, and it's, if you said, hey, we think you're talented, you can do the Blues games, I'd say, well, that's very kind of you, but you're wrong. I can't. Or you can call Missouri basketball. I can't. Uh, Missouri football, even, as much as I love Missouri football, I can't. Okay, what about the Marlins baseball, or even the, the Cardinals uh, A-ball team down here at Palm Beach? Yeah. Couldn't do it. St. Louis Cardinals, the only thing I could call... And I would be like, yeah, I could do it. I, mean, I feel like I could show up tonight and do it. I really do. I, now, I don't know if I'm out of my fucking mind. First <laughs> off, the fact that I said fucking automatically disqualifies me. <laughs> but uh, I really do believe that. But anything else, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. I really don't. But the Cardinals, I think I could. I really do. Yeah. That's a tough. Uh, I feel like baseball would be the toughest because you have to. See, and I feel like it would be the easiest. I think hockey would be the toughest. Oh, for de- like I hear what you're saying. So like the action on hockey, yeah, you have to be. Yeah. I, for, my biggest issue would be the players. Don't know a lot of their names. I know I'm on the Blues, but couldn't name you another player outside there. Uh, you Car- couldn't name somebody in the NHL who is not a member of the St. Louis Blues. I do not believe that for a second. Yeah, I, I'm probably embellishing, but I don't think okay. I could, like if you were to name a random team, I probably could not name a member of the team. Like if you named the Columbus Blue Jackets, right. I don't Boston know Bruins, who they beat in the Stanley Cup final less than two years ago. You can name somebody. Um, uh, Marchand. There we go. That's the one I thought you'd go with. Or you got a distinct nickname on the or name on the goaltender. Yeah, so I, thought, I can't remember his last name. Wah? Patrick Wah? Oh, God. I'm just going to let you keep talking. <laughs> no, please stop me now. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I was going to say Zidane Chara, but I know he's on the Capitals now. Um, yeah. so. Wow, well, there you go. That was a little knowledge, especially after the Patrick Wah was goaltending for the, <laughs> the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Tough. Keep going. Just keep going because it's just gonna get it's just gonna get the emails going. Yeah, this yeah, move the needle is what I'm doing. Right I think now. you had I think you had a Biden like approval rating uh-huh. going into today's radio show, and when you kind of just I mean came full on out of the closet on your lack of interest in the Blues <laughs> and like giving the Blues stars double overtime game seven, like would you give that like a 
nine. I give it a nine. That's a fair <laughs> as score. As far as exci- what what is a ten for you? Did you already answer that with that Kentucky thing in twenty eighteen? That's about as good as it gets. But even I mean, I don't even remember that game. No, I don't, I'm not. I'm sure most people do not remember that game. It was, but it just sh- listen, and some people like some things, and some people like I, I. I'm there's not a doubt in my mind. I mean, for me, heaven is sitting on a driving range mm-hmm. and hitting balls with damn. And, 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 and even if some like thirty people around me, it doesn't impact it. But I love the fact that nobody's around me. No one knows who I am. Yeah. that's invaluable. I have music or or, or podcast in, and it is absolutely. Heaven, going out and having just a little booze, and in my mind thinking there is a chance of lesbianism, <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest thing in the world to me. Yep. Being out on the golf course in the golden hour, like 7 o'clock to 7.30 with my son, just me and him, the greatest thing in the world. Having the house to myself, when my wife might be out at her parents with Jameson, and I got it to myself, and I get like Shake Shack or White Castle, and oh, I have yeah. it to myself, and I can just be just grotesque and eat like 2,000 calories of just shit. Incredibly happy. Yes, Going sir. on a heater in daily fantasy sports or in poker. Absolute paradise. Missouri, Kentucky, 2018, not even on the radar. <laughs> not even like off in the periphery. But you know what, Jackson? Some people like some things, and then some people don't like other things. Yeah. No, I hear you. A lot of those things also sound really good to me. I like Shake Shack. I would imagine you'd be on board with the lesbianism and the Shake Shack. Uh, yeah, and the driving range to myself. That's a Yeah, huge. really nice. I like the short game area to myself more. Oh, than give me a good short game area with some Bermuda. Yeah, that's money to it. me. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just love the energy in Mizzou Arena when the Tigers are playing well. It's a full stadium, and this is super rare. Like this is like a one in five year situation. Uh, but you hear the big Miz's. I don't know. It just makes me feel at home and good. And uh, I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed that game. It was the first win against Kentucky ever, so it was uh, it was big. And that team was pretty good. Of course, first round exit, but that's just you know it's what you do when you first play round uh, Florida State. Yeah, Florida State got us. Yeah. Jordan Barnett. Yeah. Don't believe played that day. He had a run-in with the law the week before. That was rough. But regardless, go Tigers. <laughs> Tiger Patrick Waugh, the Blues defeat. <laughs> the Boston Bruins and former Avalanche head coach Patrick Waugh in 2019 Stanley Cup final. Uh, hey, Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com. He is uh, first class. And as uh, this is this is home, we are now once we're in May, we're in home buying season, Jack. We are in home buying season, Jack. And here is the deal: this is a different kind of home buying season. I think this is different than like a 2006, 2007, 2008 home buying season. Uh, this is another world with the inventory being down, sellers being able to just put the house on the market. For, I think some people are just like. They're just like speculatively putting homes on the market going, you know what? I don't really want to move, but if we can get this much for it, yeah. well, then let's figure it out. Yep. And okay, well, we didn't. Okay, well, we'll take it on the market. That's what people are doing. And the seller is in control. Well, as a buyer, you need to make sure that you're coming to the table and ready to go. You got to get pre-approved with Ryan Kelly. You got to. If you're buying a home, you absolutely have. It's, a, it's, it's really a non-starter if you don't. Mm-hmm. And you also probably have to be prepared to pay more than listing price is what I hear tell. But that's the move. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Get pre-approved. I've gotten pre-approved with Ryan Kelly here within the last few months. 
I refinanced with Ryan Kelly almost a year to the day ago. I think it was like April 30th, May 1st of 2020. I can't recommend it enough. Great guy. Such an easy process. So if you're refinancing, you're saving money. And if you're buying a home, you have to get pre-approved. The Home Loan Expert. Com. Once you get pre-approved, go to James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves, 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. I waited a couple weeks to tell the story on the radio because I was so irritated by it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in a good place about something, I've now, like, I don't want to say I trained myself. I just know now not to talk about it on the radio because I'll go into a bad spot. But I backed into somebody. Oh, yeah. This was, like, at this point now, maybe three weeks ago. Um, and it's 100% my fault, even though Iggy instructed me to never acknowledge that it was my fault. Interesting strategy. <laughs> but I, but I, you know, it was a parked car. Uh-huh. We went and got curbside, this pizza place that I don't like, but Anna Marie likes. I'm mm-hmm. like, fine, I'll do it. Uh, because that's, you know, that's how you, you stay married for a decade. Yeah. And, and they delivered it to our, to the window, and no, the, the window of the car, and so I think because I wasn't carrying it out of the restaurant and then seeing the cars behind me, I don't think I, I, don't think I had my bearings. I think that's how that happened. Because I look back and I go, how in the hell did I back into a parked car? But I did. It's terrible. So stupid. I'm, now I'm driving around and the back of my car is all beat up. It's, just, it's so south side. But that's, you know, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but James Carlton. Immediately, I mean, within seconds of the accident, he's telling me what to do and how to handle it, and, what, and then he's following up on everything. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. It's so, you don't even, and then I don't even think about it. it so you're, you're, if you're in an accident, you're automatically not in a good place, especially yeah. if it's your fault. Mm-hmm. But then when you have somebody who's on top of it for you, it, it really does help mitigate the issue. It's like, okay, this, you know, James Carlton and his staff, they're taking care of it, and they follow up with me, and they're taking care of everything. It's the best. It really is the best. Now, listen, I don't recommend backing into people, but I did, and they take care of it. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. And the car I backed into, uh, well, the one I used to back into somebody was from Munganess. It was from AltonToyota.com. So I'm not happy about the fact that I'm driving around with a beat-up car that I love that I got from AltonToyota.com, but that's what I got going on right now. Um, and uh, I'm happy to hear that they had their best-ever sales in March. Thank you to the audience for supporting the sponsors. They just earned an extra allocation of new 2020 MDXs, 36-month lease, no money down, 387 per month, and you get 10,000 miles per year. That's at StLouisAcura.com. They're on Manchester. And they have ridiculous pre-owned selection at both locations. Uh, so go to stlouisaccurate.com or altontoyota.com. You can call Clayton Patterson or Jamie Burkhardt at 314-822-2872. They want to talk to you. 314-822-2872. They're at stlouisaccurate.com. And, of course, you have altontoyota.com. Ridiculous pre-owned selection at both. They're the official automotive provider of the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show podcast back into the questions and i'm going i'm going from the top of the inbox which means i'm still not going to my god i had to scroll down two pages to get to we have emails all the way going back to march 2nd 2021 that i haven't answered but i know we've got an erotic story this week Mm. and i am excited about that but this is not the one and i haven't read this one yet it came in uh, just about 25 minutes ago tim and pringsy i might be sending this email in too late but i'm going to anyway first off love tma and love the podcasts this is the only podcast I listen to, but it's not a lemming play. I'm just a big fan of podcasts myself. Keep up the good work, you two. A few weeks back, 
You had a homework assignment about interest level in sports. Oh, that's right. For me, it's sky high, especially in Cardinal baseball and in my old high school, Webb City football. In both cases, I think of my grandpa who took me to all the high school games growing up. Even after he had a heart attack and I had stints put in, at 3 a.m., the first thing he told the nurse is he needed a radio to listen to the Webb City game that night. He would take my mom to Bush for games, but I only got to go with him once, but I took him to Kansas City to watch the Cardinals play as much as we could. A couple of weeks ago, I quit my job due to stress, and it wasn't worth being in a job that stressed me out that much where it affected my wife, and I so I quit. Of course, I've been a bit stressed and anxious until I found a new job, but last Monday... We went to the Cardinal game, and I got pretty emotional. Something about being at that stadium on a beautiful night, not having a care in the world for a few hours, it felt amazing. I've watched every game this year from beginning to finish, and I still feel that closeness to my grandpa and now to my wife, who is not into sports, but she loves to go to the games and, of course, loves Yachty. So I guess to answer your question, my interest in sports is very high, but it's mostly from an emotional connection to my family. I hope this makes sense. Thanks for all you do on the TMA and the podcast. I appreciate it all very much. Love, TMA Walrus, number one. Oh. Uh, that's a lovely sentiment. That's great. Web City, championship city, man. Yeah, it is. They is that Grant out. Wistrom's turf? Uh, yeah, I think so. Ladue took a L to them once in a state championship. So. Yeah, I feel like they win every year. At least yeah. they're there every And year. the whole town shows up. It's, like, really awesome. Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's it's a great story. Did he say his grandfather passed away? I know he said his grandfather had a heart attack. Uh, I don't remember if he said. If he I'm looking away. at it. I, I mean, it's it's obviously a big, but but yeah, I, I get the overall sentiment. I absolutely. I think that is. I think that is how. Whatever the next chapter will be for me with sports, will be will be, whatever it is that my son gets into. That's because for me personally, I think. I think the days of being on the edge of my seat for um, a Cardinals or Blues game, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I say that. I know it's not. I know that deep down. It's, for a regular season game, I, I think that's probably over for me individually. But if I'm sitting there next to my son and I know it means the world to him, then that's the connection. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think, so if anything, even though I personally have zero connection to Notre Dame football, mm-hmm. I know for my dad and my mom, but really my dad, even though my mom's the one who went to school there, she went to school at St. Mary's because it wasn't co-ed yet, and it was mm-hmm. right across the street, yeah. um, that that I think like when Notre Dame gets into the playoff, I want them to do well because I, I know it would mean a lot, at least I think it would mean a lot for, for him to see them win another national championship. And that's what I think of. So I think of that. And I'm disappointed when they lose because of that. But like when the Cardinals lost to the Padres in the playoffs last year, I don't even know. I watched most of the third game, but it, I, last year was such a different yeah. deal, yeah. you know. Definitely. But I was super into the Cardinals and Braves in 2019. I was super into that. Mm-hmm. So maybe it can come back. And now that the Blues have won the Cup, I just don't know if it'll ever be able to be the same as winning the first time. Not that I'm complaining. It was it was an incredible thing. It's like my favorite two months of sports ever. I suppose if Missouri got into the national championship game in college football, the college football playoff, or an SEC championship game again where they mm-hmm. really had a shot, maybe. I don't know, Jackson. I know for you, Missouri basketball, if they got to like the Elite Eight and were playing to go to the Final Four. I'm sure yeah. I'd be into it, but I just I don't think it would be what it was like when I was in my 20s. And I'm not complaining about it. I just think that that... I don't know why. I don't know why. I just know that that's the way that it is. But I do know 
from like some stuff I think about with my, my son. And I, I hold on to like tickets from spring training games because I took my son. Me and Anna Marie took my son to games. I, that's what I think of when mm-hmm. I'm out on the golf course and he's with me. And then I'm out there and he's not with me. And I think about what he would be doing if he were there. That That's the stuff that like um, is emotional for me. So I would imagine um, that that will be my connection, whatever it is. I've been wanting to hold off on taking him to his first Cardinal game until I feel like he could remember it. Yeah, I hear you. So he is three and a half. I went to my first Cardinal game. I was just a month shy of turning six. And I can remember it. Mm -hmm. I can remember a variety of different things. And it's still one of my favorite nights of my life. The fact that my dad came home, it was a Saturday morning, and he came home and he said, we're going to the Cardinal game, and how excited I was. And it was a surprise. And he and my mom took me uh, to the Cardinal game, being the oldest. And, God, my mom must have been, I mean, that was late August of 82. And my brother, Kevin, was born September 7th of 82. So I, what the hell's my mom doing <laughs> now that I'm thinking about this? Yeah. But, but uh, and, and I, my, my brother Danny was three. So I guess the babysitter, and they took me to the game, and I can still I can still remember for whatever reason, and it still hasn't happened since. The hamburger I got at Bush Stadium that night was one of the greatest burgers I've ever had. I've gone back to try to get a hamburger at Bush Stadium since, and it's 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 you know, I'm just not going to give it a big endorsement. No. Um, you know, when I tell the story, Lonnie Smith hitting a home inside the park home run. Glenn Brummer steals home the next day, so I'm just hooked. And then they win the World Series within two months, so it's, you know, you're just automatically into it. So I think about that for taking my son to a game. I also kind of don't want to take him this year if it's not going to be full. Mm-hmm. And then do I want to wait until he's four or five? I can't. I mean, he's gone to spring training games, but actually going to Bush Stadium. Yeah. He loves Yachty or Molina at the same time, and I don't know how much more we're going to see of him, so I want to make sure he gets in there. You know, yeah. so I I don't know. What, what, do you know what age you were when you went to first Cardinal game, Jackson? Uh, I'm sure my parents took me when I before I could remember, but the first game I remember was at, it was at Bush 2, uh, and uh, I remember specifically it was 2004 because I remember asking my parents. It was, I guess, you know, late August or September, and I asked them, uh, if John Kerry wins the election, will they change it to Kerry Stadium? Because I thought that the stadium was named after the president. Wow, you're having a big podcast. I don't know what's better, the Patrick Waugh thing or the president thing. I'm going to have to say the Patrick Waugh thing is quote-unquote better because you're 21 when that happened. I can't fault you for being <laughs> confused off on the, on at five or six years old. Yeah, that's uh, that was... a. Uh, Patrick Waugh thing might come back to bite me in the ass, but what, yeah, but what that's going to live for a long time. But what won't at this point? Um, uh, but I remember JD Drew hitting a home run, and I remember the fireworks scaring the shit out of me. Nice. I didn't like that at all, in fact. But I remember JD Drew became my favorite player because I saw him hit a home run, and then I really got into baseball that first year of Bush three, the season they won the World Series, obviously. And from that moment on, because I was seven seven or eight, I guess. And mm. that was super impressionable on me because I got really into the team and they won the World Series. So how could I not be a lifetime baseball fan after That's that? That's the key. They're, I mean, the Blues made a lifetime of, of mm-hmm. you know, 10-year-olds and below yeah. in 2019. And, and, and above, too, don't get me wrong. But to live that every other night in 2019, how can you not? And now the baseball postseason, it's still not as long as hockey's, but 
you know, when you, if you have a play-in series, and then you have the NLDS, and then you have the NLCS, and then the World Series, that's that's a month-ish of yeah of every other night or back-to-back days sometimes. Um, yeah, and you're living and dying with that stuff. Yep. So yeah, that's that's when you can form that impression. Mm-hmm. I would imagine my son will be a soccer fan. Yeah, for sure. Because I feel like that's what's happening, even though we really haven't. I've t- I've turned it on. You know, mm-hmm. he's really, I mean, I, I'm trying because I'm so conscious of like, I don't want, I never, ever, 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 ever want to push mm. my son toward a sport. Yeah. And if, and even if he isn't into anything or if he's in everything, great, I, whatever. And I don't know if it's because he like, so, you know, let's go out and he hits the golf ball and he really likes doing that. And he does hit the thing well. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I just because I love it, I don't want me to be like, okay, well, let me try to, you know, fill the empty void of my athletic failure with forcing it upon my son. So I'm yeah. just very conscious of that. So whatever he wants to do, it's never like, okay, let's work on this. I mean, he's three and a half. But he just goes out there with me, and he loves doing it. And some sometimes he'll just be sitting there watching cartoons on my phone, and sometimes he's like, I want to have one, I want to have one, and then I'll go out there. So I think the answer, and Jake just makes his observation there, uh, TMA Walrus number one, I apologize, um, about the emotions with with sharing this experience with his wife and and with his grandfather, and I get that. Um, that's I think I kind of think that's how it all starts anyway. Yeah, when it gets down to it, is definitely that's passed along from generation to generation, especially in a city that that you know, like St. Louis, where a good chance of you if you live there, you grew up there, and that means your parents grew up there, and so that love of the Cardinals and Blues is passed on from, from generation to generation. So, um, Jake, uh, TMA Walrus number one, I am happy to hear uh, you are doing better. And uh, that was a uh, that was a cool email. Yeah. Uh, Tim and due time. Hell yeah. Schools. How about that? <laughs> I'm a graduate of Kirkwood, the house that Vaughn built, and I've worked <laughs> in education for many years in public and private and in the corrections fields. One thing I've noticed in working in this amazingly insular field is that the personal opinions of the staff have increasingly become part of the curriculum. When I was a senior in high school, it happened to be right at the time of the 2000 election. Our government teacher was able to teach that class, and even with 22 seniors badgering him each day to tell us who he would vote for, he refused. He said it was not his place to put his personal opinions or feelings into the classroom. It was where we should form our own ones. Looking forward to now, I work for Jackson's alma mater, and I see the exact opposite at times. I see personal feelings and thoughts taught as facts, and that if you don't agree with that line of thinking, sometimes the teacher is less than professional with how they grade or act toward the student. Did Jackson notice this at Ledoux Horton Watkins High School? And what about at the U High? I know you are about eight years older than me, Tim, so your experiences, I'm assuming, would be closer to mine. I've tried to, in my day-to-day interactions with students, not let my personal opinions or feelings on a subject carry over into my interactions with each student. I feel it's my job to be an advocate for all students and that they should be comfortable coming to me whatever side of the issue they are on. What say you? Thanks. That comes from Stan Royer, former Cardinal Stan Royer. Uh, Action Jackson, you are you are freshly removed from high school, so uh, <laughs> did you notice this? Uh, actually, not at all. I have... Wow. I took, I'm a huge history guy. I love history class. So I pretty much took every history class they offered at Ladue. I took a great class called Civil War, where we just learned about the Civil War. Ooh, that sounds like a good one. It was, we watched the best movies, took 
cool field trips. We watched Django and 12 Years a Slave and Gone with the Wind. It was awesome. Great class. Um, but every teacher I had made an effort, at least I felt, to not re- reveal their political beliefs. I mean, you could definitely tell with some of them um, just in the way they kind of taught. But it was never like directly saying I'm voting for this or voting for that. They presented things and it was kind of up to you. And I feel some people, I'm not saying that Stan Roy or sent us in feels that way, but they hear certain words and it's like, oh, you're just delivering it as this when they really could be delivering it uh, pretty unbiased. So I feel that sometimes people are more privy to hear those certain words or hear the way someone's phrasing the way they're teaching a class. I personally felt that every that they always just presented things and then from there decided, you know, it was up to you to uh, see how you felt about it. Um, but that's just how I took it. And, you know, when I graduated, I graduated in May of 2016. From May of 2016 to now it's May of 2021, a lot of things have changed in the political landscape. Yeah. So to be fair, my analysis, while recent, you know, relative to uh, someone's lifespan, that five years is a big difference. There's a big difference in those five years uh, politically in this country. So I could be off, um, but my feelings was that they were usually pretty down the middle in the way they delivered it. And then it was your choice. Uh, in college, I felt more that they were more direct in how they felt. But that also could be attributed to the difference in five years there, where they might have, previous to 2016, um, been a little more cautious about who they are leaning towards in the election or their own political identity. Uh, and then that changed post-2016. But I'm not sure. That's just how I felt in college more than I did in high school. So that's just me. I didn't notice it in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you kind of know the program. Mm-hmm. In college, especially the journalism school, that was noticeable. I'm trying to think back what it was that was like the tell for me. I don't know. I'm just like, okay, this is the, absolutely not that I was like staunch conservative, although, it's an amazing statistic here, I voted for Bob Dole in the 1996 presidential election. Wow. Um, may make some people fall out of their chairs <laughs> but but i did voted for george w bush in 2000 um but uh i just i just remember thinking that but it just wasn't a big politics just wasn't a big deal and i'm on a fucking college campus mm-hmm. and i didn't think politics was a big deal uh i mean imagine saying that in 2021 yeah but uh but i do remember just being aware of it but I don't even know how to describe how I was aware of it, that it was more, but it wasn't like a big thing. No, I mean, really, nobody talked. I mean, God, nobody talked about it. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing to think that way, but it's the truth. So um, with that all said, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, I can't speak to it now because um, I, I'm not tied to it. I will be tied to it here relatively shortly with our son. Um. I can tell you this, I have heard parents complaining about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when they complain. Now, when they're complaining about it, it's conservatives complaining about liberal teachers. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's the other way around. I would be surprised if it were the other way around, but I don't know. I just know that that's what I have heard. And I don't want to make it sound like this is like something. I mean, how many 
parents and stu- you know how many, how many am I talking to and how would that even come up? Mm-hmm. But I, rem- I I definitely have heard it. And um, so one thing that just and it just happened like yesterday or two days ago. As I was saying, my son watches you know YouTube mm-hmm. uh, for kids and all these, and they were talking about protests mm. in like one of his cartoon videos. Interesting. Yeah. I don't even know what the hell it, uh, but I, I just, I was, I was, I overheard it and I'm just like, the fuck is this? I mean, and not because I'm like, hold on a second, you know, got my Tucker Carlson bow tie on here. I need <laughs> to correct, you know, that's not what it was. I'm just like, the fuck is, <laughs> the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like if I, if I, if I were watching like a new Josephine Jackson scene on Brazzers and all of a sudden they start talking about protests, I'd be like, hold on, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> you know, let's, let's focus on what we came to the party for. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, like, but I do, but, but then I thought about that and I thought to myself, and it wasn't, by the way, they weren't complaining about protests. They were, if anything, advocating, like, if you don't like, you know, some people don't like people because of the color of their skin. And, and I'm like, I thought back to it and I do now, this isn't something we can, this is going to be a moment of, uh, you know, our age gap here. Yeah. Did you watch Sesame Street, Jackson? Yes, growing up. Okay, I watched, I watched Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. So I'm watching the, I guess, the late 70s, early 80s version of. Mm-hmm. And Sesame Street, when I look back on it, now I wasn't thinking this at the time, but when I look back on it, it was, at least I think, and I, I would imagine people would agree with this, um, and preaching isn't the right way, but going out of its way to having a diverse cast and it went out of its way. Even then, I mean, the the only Spanish I can speak even now, which I'm really not, which to me is a monster mistake. Um, it really, I really, do you speak Spanish? I took Spanish through till like my junior year of high school and I can speak so little of it. Really? Is that, I mean, I, I wanted to take Spanish at St. Louis U High, but like Spanish would fill up immediately. Mm. And then you were left with, I think we had French, Russian, Chinese, and Latin. And I don't know how I wound up in Latin. I had great teachers, loved the teachers, but I just, I, you know, mm-hmm. I really regret not speaking. And a part of me wants to just learn it. Um, uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's it's so yeah, it's prominent valuable. now in, yeah. in uh, so many are. parts of the country, you yeah. know. Uh, so it's it's useful. and uh, but But the only Spanish I can speak is like, you know, the songs from Sesame Street mm-hmm. that was part of the show on a regular basis, and you didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. So I look back on that, and to me, that is good. Now, I don't know if parents, so like my parents and their generation would have had a problem with that. I can't imagine they would have. I don't know why they would have, but at the same time, some things that were problematic then that we don't think anything of now i don't know to me i always feel like everything for me now is just going back to like before social media and after social media that's my bcad yeah um because i think that's where so much of this and these bubbles and this you know yeah welcoming stupidity uh and celebrating it comes from but or at least it's amplified and so i i I look back on that. I'm like, well, that that was that was a good thing. I don't. 
you know, like, so my son, it's not like my son's watching sophisticated videos. Yeah. You know, I mean, if anything, yeah. Anne Marie cringes with some of the shit that's on these. Oh, things. yeah. My nieces come over and we watch some of that shit. It's brutal. I mean, holy shit. Yeah. It's brutal. I mean, these guys are some creeps who are doing these kids' videos. Yeah. But odd. whatever. <laughs> uh, and I just overheard it. And I think I'm watching golf and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing over here? He's watching something on his little, you know, blue computer. Yeah. And it's, you know, they're talking about, you know, so when you don't like something, you protangle, what in the hell, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. I I do think it's going on. And so to me, if one can present his or her argument, now citing facts, not citing like, you know, and and I don't don't care we're talking Rachel Maddow or Tucker Carlson. I'm talking actually citing reporting or citing a book to yeah. back it up even if i disagree with the opinion i'm like if anything i'm kind of intrigued by that so that to me now to me and i am not an educator but to me that is what i would reward i wouldn't reward the outcome of the thought process mm-hmm. so if someone arrives at some premise that i absolutely disagree with but they back it up i'm like okay i'll give that an a it's well written and they made a compelling case, even if I disagree with it. Yeah. So that that's where I am. Now, I don't know if that's how things are being graded. It's a really interesting question. I actually, and it just so happens that I, the, the, this thing with one of Jameson's videos, the protest, I got to ask Anna Marie if she's aware of this. Thing. Again, not because I'm going like, to you know, write an angry letter. I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. But whatever. Um, and I don't know if this is what parents are dealing with. If, uh, if, if this is something that parents... Are, it, you know, it's just commonplace. And, and some of you may be listening to this going, yeah, dude, this is what's going on. Be ready, you know. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be wrong. Yeah. To me, that to me that is the equivalent of teaching religion when you shouldn't be teaching religion. Yep. You follow me on that. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, whether I am agnostic or not, I understand what the principle is with regard to public education. So... So if if now you're going to be teaching a thought process and saying one who doesn't share that thought process is wrong, well now you're essentially teaching you're teaching religion. Yeah, and um, that to me would be a problem. Yep. I, I you know even you know I I don't know. So I I've heard about it. Part of me in the back of my mind when I hear about it, I think this might be a a talking point thing. Yeah. Okay, so you're with me on that? Like, it's like a thing that, like, if you're in that bubble, yeah, you're, like, being told to worry about it, you know? Kind of like the hot-button thing of, like, hey, there's a guy playing women's sports so he can win women's state, and now we can't have, now we can't have trans rights. You know, yeah. like, you get in the echo chamber, and we're going to get people fired up about shit that, yeah. you know... It's like the gay marriage of 2004 to win Ohio for George W. Bush tactic. Yeah. That kind of strategy. Let's find our culture war wedge issue. And, you know, so I don't know if it's real, like real, real. And I imagine people will be emailing in to tell me that it, that it is real. That's what I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and citing examples. I think that's an interesting, inter- I hate using that word, that the, the topic intrigues me. Um because I, d- I absolutely disagree with it. And I would say in a, in a passionate way, even if I actually would share the view of the teacher, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. That's not the point. Yeah, It's not the point. So if somebody is of one philosophy 
and then he or she is penalized because their philosophy differs from that of the educator, and they therefore don't get a good grade, that's a problem. Period. I don't think that's a real cutting-edge opinion, by the way. That's a problem. So I don't know. So I'm going to need people to elaborate on this. That was not my experience. Um, I guess looking back on my high school education, um, I would imagine the vast majority of my teachers were liberal, mm-hmm. um, you know, certainly in college without question, but yeah. going back, but it's not like, it's not like we talked about it, you know, mm-hmm. but I just look back on it. Now you kind of know the tells on where somebody is. And I would imagine that was the vast majority, but you know, it's not something we were thinking about, um, so if, you, if you've had experience with that as a parent or a student, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Yeah, I really I think that's, that's, a real, that's a real problem if that's going on. And, I, and it's not the first time I've heard about it. I just obviously, I personally haven't run into it. Time for an erotic story, and that makes me happy. Hell yeah. Tim, I know you needed this story. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, the wife and I were out to dinner on the hill. Do you say at the hill or on the hill, Jackson? I think on the hill is the correct. I agree. The, the the email said at the hill, and I just I just 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 subtly just changed it. I felt like it was the right thing to do, and I did. Yep. The rest of it I'll read as written, <laughs> with a coworker of hers, as she had never been to the hill. Now let me preface the story by adding that before my wife and me. I don't know if that's right. I think there's been an overcorrection on the my wife and I thing. Mm. Because I think that's a prepositional phrase, and therefore it's objective, which would then be the utilization of me and not I. Ah. Yeah. Before my wife and me started dating, she was in a relationship with another lady. Ooh. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> I got just thrown moved. off by the, the direct object subject thing, and now i got to <laughs> go back and actually read the thing. Now, let me preface the story by adding that before my wife and me started dating, she was in a relationship with another lady. Oh, that is so good. Let me adjust my chair here. I'm going to settle in. God, I like this already. She enjoyed the touch of another female, but as she told me, she missed the touch of a man. Now, when I heard this, I felt like I was at the poker table trying to make something out of a 7-2 offsuit. She never closed the door on a threesome, but was always told it has to be with someone she trusts. Now, that's out of the way. We were out to dinner and having some drinks. Canetto salad is top notch. I got to be honest, just a brief aside here. When I think of lesbianism, I don't think of Canettos. And when I think of Canettos, I don't think of lesbianism. Now, that doesn't mean that the two can't be intertwined. It's just now, when I'm going to Canettos, I'm going to have a feast. Yep. And I could have Abigail Mack. Um, I could have Anissa Kate. I could have. Do you say Azul Hermosa or Azul Hermosa? I'm gonna go Azul. I think you might be right. In front of me, looking to have just the most wonderful M F F F possible. And I think after I've enjoyed Canetto salad, most likely I would enjoy some toasted raviolis as well. Do you say toasted ravioli plural or toasted raviolis? Dear, dear. Moose, I think moose. I think toasted ravioli. Interesting. So look into that. And then I think I would go chicken parm mm. with a side of pasta. So I mean I'm at, I'm two thousand calories easy, probably two hundred carbs yeah. right there. I could have that going on in front of me. 
and they're begging. I mean, they really want me involved. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'm going to be able to really... I, could I do it? Yeah. Would anybody be happy? No. <laughs> Including me. I'd be disappointed in myself. I already know it. At least you have a chicken parm. Yeah, I mean, I got that. But it's but it's it's causing me to not be where I want to be. I just know it. And yeah. listen, I, I, we, everything had happened, but it just wouldn't be... Every, you know, they'd be like, okay, fine. Why was he even here in the first place? That's what would happen. <laughs> so... I don't think of the two. When I think of Canetto's, I don't think of that. But either way, that is, that's what's been included here. And, uh, and I'm personally a huge fan of the restaurant, and it's a major recommend. It is one of my favorite places to eat when in St. Louis. It might, uh, we were talking about when I'm back in St. Louis for four days. Well, one of the days I'm going to eat at my parents' house for Mother's Day. But then Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Monday night, and I think it's closed on Mondays, it yeah. would be in the mix for one of those dining nights. Definitely. It's oh, so good. Affordable, too. It's not like crazy. It is indeed. Yeah. Huge portions, Jack. Huge. After about two hours of being there, the wife tells me to look at my phone. So I look at it, and there is a text from my wife. And all it said was, I trust her. Oh. My eyes lit up as I looked at my wife, thinking, no way this is going anywhere. Her friend, let's call her L, asks, what's so funny? My wife, let's call her T, Mm. said I told him what me and you talked about at work the other day. And L responds with, I can tell by his reaction that he won't object. All I could mutter out was, hell no, I won't. And then it dawned on me that it wasn't happening at our house due to our kids being there. A little bit later on, L asks if we want to go back to her house. I look at T, T being the wife, Mm -hmm. to let her make the call. I was all in but figured to slow play my excitement. Good. So as we were following L to her place, I'm asking all sorts of questions. Apparently, L was in a previous relationship and all the guy wanted was an MFF making her feel uncomfortable that he wasn't interested in her. Uh-oh. I better back off. <laughs> and it became the reason their relationship ended. So to get back at him, she wanted to have one where there would be no strings attached and she could take a pic to send to him with our consent if our identities were hidden. But this email is long enough, and I think I'll save the detail for next week's email. Signed, the lucky bastard. Son of a bitch! Damn it. You can't tease like that. He just got better at teasing. He he might be the best at teasing. What the fuck? And it's not like I've got the... I I mean, I'm sitting here with you and the listeners. Yeah. I don't know. That's it. That's where it ends. So I don't even know what the hell happened. Can we fast forward to next week so we can? Yeah, hear? I would. Lo- I really want to know. I re- How sad is it, honestly? <laughs> like, like I kind of, I am for whatever reason. Whereas I'm completely aware that some people are religious and some people aren't religious and some people are conservative and some people are liberals and some people really are into cardinal baseball and some people kind of take it or leave it. For whatever reason, I just assume every heterosexual man is as consumed with lesbianism as I am. And I don't, and I, in, in, in reality, of course, most, most really aren't. And if they are, they probably moved on once they hit like 30 or mm-hmm. maybe earlier. Mm-hmm. But for me, here I am. And it's just like, okay, I guess even if I get to my seventies, I'm still going to be like doing this shit because yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm 44 and I'm like, I couldn't be more excited about the email, but I also am really irritated that it ended. Yeah. And he gives us all this detail about the Canetto's 
salad. Very vivid with the Canetto salad. I could have done without it. I enjoy yeah. the salad, but I just didn't need it. Yeah, so he, he spends this whole damn time on the salad, and none. it's like a yada, yada, yada. He yada, yada, yada his way through this damn story, and now we got to wait a week to find out how it ends. He better follow up. I'm going to email him back and say, you better deliver on this thing. I want to know what's going on. Yeah, this is bullshit. Now, I, here's, here's a couple things on this. Uh-huh. First off, for whatever, I, there, I, there have been moments where I thought I was about to engage in an MFF. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember one time, Jackson, he, there's no way, Cheshire. When I say Cheshire, what do you think of? Isn't that Basso now? Basso? <laughs> yeah, so he at least, but in the early 2000s, it was like a late night hangout. Uh-huh. It really kind of had its, its swan song in 2009's Up in the Air. Ah, one of my favorite favorite films. So it would be in the good category on your cutting edge website, goodorbad.com. Oh, yeah. I watched it over the weekend. Love and it. I'm like, God, I used to hang out right where George Clooney is talking with Vera Farmiga, yep. who looks like Julianne, by the way. And if you know, you know. Mm. And so I recall one time, previous significant other and her friend, and they'd always kind of, especially from the friend, it had always you know, both very attractive. There always kind of been, you know, it kind of, you just kind of felt like it might be going on there. And it wasn't me reading too much into it. Yeah. Surface level shit. Yeah. I just was like, I, and, and she was, you know, staying with us. And so my, so I'm starting to think, I'm like, God, is this going to happen? And on the steps of the Cheshire, and I think you had to go upstairs to use the restroom if memory serves. Mm-hmm. She goes, let's get out of here. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to happen. I wonder if I'm going to get the bang of her, too, or how's this going to work out? Mm-hmm. And she goes, I want to get some White Castles. And just, boom, yeah. right there, it's over. Yeah. Right there. No one does White Castles in MFF. That no way. No. It's off. No. Yeah. It's like when you go to uh, El Rancho at Mizzou. <laughs> yeah, going out I mean, you know everybody's settling in for the evening. Yeah, no it's one's having over. sex there. So, I mean, it was, this is going to happen. I mean, I'm really thinking, this. oh, my God, this is going to happen. And I mean, not a second later, I want to go to White Castle. And then I mean, so the heart rate goes up, the heart rate goes down. Ah, yes, the heart rate. So immediately I'm thinking this is going to happen. And then it's pulled out from under me. So I'm thinking, I wish you would have never said it in the first place. Mm. Let's get out of here. But let's, why would let's get out of here indicate any kind of let's have an MFF? Yeah, let's get out of here is a very standard statement. You could say that to one of your buddies with yeah. no intent of engaging in light manual play. You yeah. could just say, let's get out of here because I want to go home. But in my mind, because my mind was in this lesbianic mindset, let's get out of here meant let's go home. We fin a trip. <laughs> yeah, you might have been. But then she one. said, I want to get White Castle. And then it was like, oh, no, you don't. You clearly don't. Yeah, that's the opposite of let's go. Yeah. Trip. Oh. Story, I mean, the story is nearly, I don't know, it's, it's old. I mean, this is old. I mean, mm-hmm. we're in the 2000s, but, you know, it's a long time ago. And, and, and as I tell the story, it bothers me to tell the story, mm. which is not healthy. It just can't be healthy. There's no way a psychologist, a medical doctor could listen to this. And you know the medical community is just zeroed in on this podcast yeah. and go, oh, that's healthy. No, that's good. I'm glad to hear that at 44, he's upset about something that happened when he was 25 and still pissed off about it. <laughs> it's something that, by the way, was a completely innocent and standard move. We're drunk. Let's go get White Castles and go home. I had done it a hundred times, but in that in my mind at that moment, I'm thinking there's going to be lesbianism. Mm. God. 
And I don't know why, and I have no idea. If anybody wants to email in why I'm so, I, I have no idea why I'm so enamored with it. I have none. None. But I am. Are you enamored with it, Jackson? Don't uh, humor me either here. No, I wouldn't say enamored. Definitely interested. And I feel like my generation is definitely more open to it, where it's like a normal thing, you know, that girls hang out and drinks start flowing and, and their inhibitions go to the wayside. I don't. I wonder if that's what happens or if they just kind of like make out or if they really do. Because, I mean, realistically, at least I think, maybe not. I don't know. I'm arguing with myself. And I haven't even given the argument yet. So, it's, I mean, it's incredible broadcasting. Um, that the, the number of gay, lesbian, and bisexual people would be the same in 2021 as it was in... 1921 correct am i right on that yes but the okay. openness the open yes yeah i mean at least i think but then then you say that and you go well there's no way but then you go well but yeah so if you're but so if you're subscribing to sexual orientation over sexual preference yeah then then that would have to be true mm-hmm. but then if you're open about it or you're comfortable with it like to me like the percentage of people having anal sex in 2021 has to be like 7,000% higher than 1921. Am I right? Yeah, I don't really know if we could get any metrics to back that up. I, I, I don't think, think we have the data. I don't. But just logic dictates that that's the case. Yeah. I, I mean, at least I assume. And I guess like in 10 years, there's going to be something that we're not even really thinking about right now that's just commonplace as hell. Like in 10 years, maybe people will be pissing on each other all the time. Mm. I have no idea what it's going to be. But it's just, like there's no way that anal which is like you know the holy grail Mm -hmm. for so many people right now Mm. was it wasn't even like it wasn't even something that was on the radar when i was in school really it was no Mm. wasn't even on the radar interesting there was a story of a former missouri quarterback oh (laughs) jeez Who broke that one? Engaging. What's that? Who broke that story? Well, it wasn't something I reported on KOMU. It was was like a a hearsay because this this girl was super hot, too. Yeah. Uh, Like like really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he had engaged in that practice with her in the basement of a particular cocktail lounge. Mm. And I'm just like, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, yeah. But we weren't like we, it's just like. But it wasn't like, oh yes, ah yes, anal. Everybody's <laughs> doing it. it was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, like how in the hell did that all wind up happening? Mm. Whereas now, at least I'm under the impression, you know, that 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 it's that it's that it's pretty common. And so, uh, at least I think. I mean, listen, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in November. I'll be married for ten years. Anna Marie and I have been together for thirteen years. I'm out of the game, mm-hmm. but I'm observing, and that's what I think is the case. Jackson, is that the case? You know, I've done uh, a basic straw poll of people, and I say, do you regularly do this act? And I would say that four to five out of ten say they've done it, but don't regularly do it. Two out of ten say they regular regularly do it. And probably, uh, you know, the three, the remaining two or three say they've never done it. So the numbers of people who have done it is higher than the number of people who haven't done it. Regularly do it, though, is less than 
or equal to the amount of people who have never done it. That was a breakdown right there. That was a breakdown. It was really fun with math. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it wasn't even something we talked about. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even something we talked about. So, I mean, and then at the same time, like threesomes really, I mean, they were there, but it wasn't really, I don't know. So that's the thing. So like things are progressing and I guess it's people are just comfortable and that's great. I mean, you know, figure it all out, find out what you like. And in the whole scheme of things, you're not hurting anybody as long as your partner, assuming you have a partner is on board and you know, like, okay, that's cool. You know, doesn't affect me. Not my thing. You do your thing, whatever. Everybody's cool. I don't think, you know, like the sexual shaming thing. Yeah. It's subsided big time. Yeah. Like if like, like that, like, you know, like, oh, that's the guy who talks about porn and lesbianism. I'd be like, okay, fine, fuck it, good, don't listen. I don't care, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Like, I have a wife, I have a child, and you might think it's unacceptable, but I don't really give a fuck. If anything, you've just told me you are somebody I don't want to hang out with or whose opinion I value in any capacity anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So if you're still in the shame game, great, but your ship has sailed. Yeah, you're behind the so I think, I think that I think that's a wonderful thing. But I don't think it was a shame thing in the 90s and 2000s. It just wasn't even really talked about. So going back to this guy and his Canetto salad lesbianism <laughs> deal, that's, uh, I mean, I'm really happy for I'm, I'm happy for us in the audience that we don't know what happens. Yeah. We're going to hopefully hear next week. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I'm my interest in it i don't know i'm sure psychologically i'm sure plenty of people have actually read about it and or majored in it to like go into well here's why you really like it you know yeah. like it's a dominant thing like it's a thing to show great virility that you you're with two women at once yeah but i so help me god i could sit in the corner and just watch and be content <laughs> as hell i could initially be in it and one of the parties go eh, beat it eh. yeah you can you can you Double can head over there. there behind the potted plant everything's fine here and in one of the, I, I have been fortunate enough to have one MFFF, and I truly do feel like that was kind of eventually where it went, where it's kind of like, eh, you, get you know, phased he's here, out. but, you know, yeah. you know, if you want to mess around, you can, he's <laughs> over there, but we're kind of all good over here. <laughs> and it didn't bother me in the slightest. It puts me in a good place to think about it, as a matter of fact. So I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that's about. I just know that for whatever reason, it's not something that is common. And yet, for some reason, I can't wrap my head around that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I assume that every heterosexual male is as consumed with it as I am when I'm absolutely wrong. So I got to figure out that whole thing. So some of you listening to this be like, God, dude, I mean, you know, it's probably some fat guy with his fat wife and some fat girl, and they're eating at Canetto's, and they're going to go have fat threesome, and it's not that hot. <laughs> you know. And here yeah. I am, and I'm actually pissed off that I haven't gotten the second half of the story. Yeah. Like, legitimately irritated. I respect the writing style. Yeah. I respect the writing style. I truly do. It was a great tease. Mm-hmm. But... I'm irritated that I don't know what happens. Uh, Tim, are you planning to be a resident of Florida? <laughs> right out of the gate. Uh, I'm exploring buying a house in Central Florida where I just stay for three months in the winter. The plan would be nine months there, three months here. Just curious if you have any insight into a move like I'm exploring. The only issue that has come up in the su- is the summer heat. But as you know, St. Louis is not great at times in the summer. Thanks. It's from Mike Chitwood. Sent from my iPad. Um yeah, I don't know. I, my honest answer is I don't know. Yeah, the honest answer is I don't know. What we talked about with the, 
you know thing the last couple of weeks wasn't necessarily like it was it wasn't the decision so to speak of just like I'm surprised I've arrived at this and then it got into some of the St. Louis elements of people moving which then kind of got into ambition shaming mm. and it resonated with people who did have that decision as to whether or not to move which would be better for their career but feeling either pressure or passive aggressive criticism from their friends family for moving so we, we kind of got into the psychological exploration i wonder if other cities have that going i mean i'm sure others i'm, I'm talking other like top 25 markets not i mean of course like mm. a you know like a i don't know springfield missouri might have it but i'm talking about like top 25 markets um and i know st louis is on the bottom end of the top 25 market scale but just out of curiosity i i don't know yeah i'm I, thinking I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if the market's you know, in front of me, but you'd think like probably just Midwestern cities, I feel like, because that's where you want to go for weather reasons. You want to leave the Midwest. Yeah. So, I mean, like if somebody were to say, yeah, I'm moving away from Fort Lauderdale, I don't think people go, well, hold on a second. What are you doing? Well, you'll be back. You'll be back. You'll be back. It's a great place to raise a family. What are you doing? I don't I don't think it has that. Or if somebody right now were to move from Austin, Texas or Scottsdale, I don't think people go, oh, you'll be, you know, and they're like, yeah. oh, good. You know, I don't know. I don't know. And, and, and I want to make this clear. Al nearly everyone who has emailed me if not everyone what the, the only one i keep saying in my mind one guy goes I, I just don't know if the show is as good when you're not there and i'm like i haven't been there for almost all but three months since january of 2020 you know yeah, hey here's same. something that's different about the show and i'm not saying it flippantly but it's an important thing like half of the people who are on the show this time last year aren't on the show mm -hmm. it's an important thing it's not a shot, Jackson. Fuck, you know I love you. I think yeah. the audience loves you, too. The Patrick Waugh thing, you'll live with forever. That's <laughs> we'll your herpes that moment. that goes after that. Yeah, at that, you're, you'll be wearing that for a while. But it, So, I mean, I'm thrilled that you're a part of it, but I love Gangster Pete, too. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm like, oh, good, Jackson, but it's just, you know, different. And But the cat and the plowhawk. Yeah. You know, and the cat's been on the show since 2004, minus getting his bathroom in 2007. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's different. So that's what I would say. So if, like, you had the cat and the plowhawk and Iggy and Jackson doing a show and me and Doug and Pete weren't on it, I would say that the show would sound different. Yeah. But I'm just telling you from a technological standpoint, to me, it doesn't seem different. But when Doug was doing the show on the phone or the cat was doing the show on the phone, yeah. or I've done the show, like, once or twice on the phone, it's, there's absolutely a difference because it, you know, there's a delay. Yeah. And it's brutal. Yeah. Whether I'm on it or Doug's on it, it's because the show is such timing. But I don't feel, I mean, fuck you, Jackson and I, we're doing a, this via Comrex right now ourselves. Comrex yeah. being a broadcast device. It's mm -hmm. just the way that it is. It's one of the things that the cat and I were talking about. I don't know if I already said this, but like how the whole thing has changed that, you know, you can you can do these shows remotely. It's just the way that it is. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just totally changed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I don't know what I don't know what we're going to wind up doing. I don't know what we're going to wind up doing with regards to the Florida thing. I think there's a nice tax advantage if you can live down here uh, six months with regards to state tax. I think that's uh, something that you may want to think about from that standpoint. Tim, Jackie Pringles, I'd like to request a deep dive regarding the topic of food and overall health. Oh, this is from DraftKings Cal. We got a deep dive request. Uh, God, and this was from 8:50 this morning. So Jackson, we're just not getting we're just not getting through all these emails that mm -hmm. I. Uh, I'd like to request a deep dive regarding the topic of food and overall health. I have listed a couple of questions below, but please take the ball and run with it. 
Number one, what has your relationship with food looked like? How has it changed over the years, if at all? Number two, if any, what are your current fitness and or health goals? Number three, are you happy with your current fitness slash health status? Number four, do you think about what you eat slash drink? Shout out Metabolic Meals. Interested to hear your thoughts. I'm currently wrapping up Whole30 for my fourth time. Jackson, do you know what Whole30 is? Uh, you go the whole, my brother did it. You do the whole month without any like sugar or uh, like trans fats, something like that. Okay. Uh, I desperately needed a reset after living as if I was on vacation since March of 2020. Gains on gains. Word to my twink boys. That comes from DraftKings Cal. That's a great, I could do a whole podcast on that. Jackson, we really, sh- I, I, I do this thing five days a week. It's just such a different thing than TMA. And I love TMA. Mm-hmm. Make that crystal clear. It's not a complaint. It's just I talk on this show. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I really I'm talk down. as much on TMA. I'm down for uh, a, for as many podcasts as we can. You're, do oh, you're down for an expansion? Absolutely. Because I mean, I could I could do a whole podcast, and then that's the thing. We'll wind up going. I don't know how long, two hours or whatever. And Anna Marie just texted me that she's sick and Jameson's sick, so I want to wrap this thing up because I don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. Um, but I want to I want to answer the question. Um, before I answer the question, I would like to talk about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. I haven't talked about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies yet, have I, Jackson? Nope. Uh, well, let me do it. Uh, 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. I think so highly of Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. The thing is, it's like, well, now that I think about it, I think so highly of it, and then I name Ryan Kelly, I name James Carlton, I name Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, I name Jim Rogers, I name Seth Goldcamp. And I, the thing is, I know them all, and I think highly of them all in a major way. Like, not just like, oh, yeah, that guy's okay. Across the board. It's so strange, if anything. But it's a great strange just to have these kinds of relationships with advertisers, but also think that highly of them, which is why I get so fired up when I talk about them. But I really do. It's not a selling thing. It's just not. It's, you know, it just, it's a coincidence thing. It truly is. And when it comes to a financial advisor... You know, like, let me get, let me put it this way. Like Jim Rogers, who I think the world of with Restoration One of Central St. Louis.com, he's such a good guy and helps people, even if he's, if his company isn't going to be the one that helps him, he helps people. But, you know, when it gets down to it, with, with, with what Jim does, he is going to clean your home up and he's going to be on top because he did that for me and it was the best and you don't want to have mold. Mm-hmm. And you get water in your basement, you got a major problem that could lead to, you know, having to rebuild your whole basement. If you get mold in the, the drywall, it's an dis- absolute disaster. But it's not like Jim's advising you going forward for the next decade, 20, 30, 40 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you, you're going to want him in there for that moment because he's the, yeah. the most important guy in your life. That's why I speak so highly about Jim Rogers and Restoration One. Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. Major recommendation. If you ever get water in the basement uh, or in your home anywhere, 314-565-1962. With Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, you're talking with him on a regular basis. Now, it just so happens, he's a great guy. And I, I don't know if the whole skill is, you might be like, yeah, my broker's not a great guy. My financial advisor's not a great guy. But, you know, he gave me a 23% return in 2020, which was a, a, a minor miracle. So I don't care if, you know, I don't know. But I guess what I'm, what I'm saying for what I like with people I lean on with advice, I want to know that the person's a quality human being and somebody I can talk to and they're going to listen. 
And that's what Mark is. So everybody needs a financial advisor, but not everybody is Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. 314-889-0503. Call him. You will be happy you did. Do not waste the time. I look at like my numbers over the last three years since I started actually paying attention to it, which is just horrible that it took me until like my late 30s, early 40s to do this. And once I did it, man, I mean, it's just, I just sit there and think to myself, oh, wow, if I would have been doing this even five years ago, the difference it would have made, much less like I should have been 20 years ago. It matters. But I know you don't think that way when you're in your early 20s or mid-20s or even late 20s. It matters. Do it. Mark's Do it with best. somebody like Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503. What were you saying there, Action Jackson? Mark's the best. I've started working with him. I had a call with him last week, and we're going to keep going. We're going to do more and more. Got another one getting scheduled here this week. I look forward to every time I talk with him. It's like a great time because he's, like you said, he's amazing at what he does, but more so he's a wonderful human. Like he's such a great guy, and he takes interest in my personal life. Which he, you know, he doesn't. That's have to what do he looks that. for. That's what he actually looks for. He goes, hey, you know, as far as financial planning, is I could put and knock that out in a minute for somebody. He goes, it's, I want to find out what's what it is that they really want, what is important to them. That's what gives me satisfaction, is putting somebody on the right plan for what they really want. He's big on that, man. He's yeah. big on that. He's great. Uh, so major recommendation three one four eight eight nine zero five zero three. All right, this will be our last one, which means we didn't even get to emails that were sent in in the seven o'clock hour today. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's why I need to do more of these things. Um, so, uh, okay, Jackson, the questions were, what has your relationship with food looked like? How has it changed over the years, if at all? If any, what are your current fitness and or health goals? Are you happy with your current fitness slash health status? Do you think about what you eat slash drink? Shout out metabolic meals. All right, what do you got? Uh, my relationship with food is uh, I, I'm really into the uh, what's it called? intermittent fasting. I've been... Mm-hmm. And it's easier for me, I guess, because I wake up so early that I still eat lunch at like a normal time, but I haven't eaten in, you know, eight hours because I wake up around 4.30. So if I eat at noon, I haven't eaten in seven and a half hours. Uh, I have black coffee. That helps. Uh, that's an appetite suppressant, so that really helps. Um, and then as far as am I happy with my physical state, yeah, yes and no. Like, I think I should be doing more. Uh, I think I could eat better. Um, so it's the weekends that get you. You know, I do pretty well during the weekday of just like chicken in the air fryer, you know, skinless, boneless chicken in the air fryer, or whatever. But then the weekend comes and it's pizza or Mexican food or what, what have you, uh, which is fine as long as you offset that with good eating during the week. Um, and then I could probably do more working out. I've gotten really into yoga recently. Oh, look at you. Like, really into yoga because it's, you know, good exercise, but it's really meditative. Like, it really is relaxing to me and clears my head. And I feel, I always feel good after doing yoga. So I've been getting more and more into that. And I can do it in my apartment. Like, I have these classes on my computer. And for 30 minutes, I just stand in front of my computer with this little yoga mat I have. And I and I do yoga. And it feels great. So I've been doing a lot of that recently. And I like that. Um, and so, yeah, I think I could be better with the exercise and probably a little better with food but overall i think i do pretty well do you track what you eat yes i just started doing that again last week i was a staunch i did it all the time in my senior year of high school freshman year of college then kind of got away with it uh, but now i'm back to it and it's great it's really great for me- uh, tracking hydration like every mm. time i have a my fill up my water bottle which is 
24 ounces. I just add 24 ounces to it and it feels good. Like you feel good entering in something healthy or water that you drank into. I use um, my fitness pal. That's the one I use. Yeah, that's what I use. Yeah, it's great. It's really easy to use and they have like a ton of food that you wouldn't think they had like already saved in there. So it's really yes. great. Big fan. I try going back every day. Since 2016, I have been entering everything I eat in my fitness pal. Mm. It's it's so. I mean, again, these are things that I'm just like, yeah, this is normal. And then I take a step back. Oh, this isn't normal, you know. But I mean, at the same time, what is normal? Yeah. By definition, you know, by definition, is normal what more people do? I guess, I guess, mm-hmm. or is it weird? So I kind of look back, and I, even though I'm doing it, I'm like, yeah, this is probably pretty fucking weird that I feel obligated to do it. But I got on a plan in by reading this book bigger faster stronger i think is what it was called or bigger leaner stronger leaner faster stronger something like that and i was advocating it on the podcast for a while and it kind of gave me a, a, a map on not only what to eat but how to lift and i was truly in because you hear you hear guys in their like late 30s early 40s go, i'm in the best shape of my life and i think it's just kind of like a way to like try to like deny aging mm-hmm like psychologically, even though realistically there's no way you're in the best. I mean, you're probably not anyway. There's a chance, I suppose. But I really felt like I was I was stronger, and I'm like, holy shit, this workout plan, I'm actually, I'm like, I have like a decent body, you mm-hmm. know? Like, that's rare. I'm lifting heavy weights, low reps, eating the right amount of protein. I kind of, and then I would see pictures of myself from like 2010, 11. I'd be like, oh, I wasn't fat, but I definitely was just kind of like, you know, whatever and i was working out but really with no plan yeah and now i'm on this plan and it was these were intense lifts and then i'm eating making sure i'm eating the proper amount of protein which was you know at least for this book i don't need somebody to email me and tell me i'm wrong doesn't matter there's a there's an epitaph on this whole thing anyway um a gram for how much you weigh weighing around a buck 60 so it's 160 grams of protein a day Making sure I'm tracking my calories and, you know, whether I'm, if I'm trying to add on muscle, you know, at a certain amount of protein and carbs, and if I'm trying to lose in a certain amount of calories for caloric deficit, whatever. And then in 2019, I tore tore my shoulder labrum and it's over. Yeah. I'll never do it again. And it's not like, oh, it's over. No, it's, it was stupid. So that's why I don't want an email telling me, oh, you're wrong, because don't, don't worry about it. It was wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong for everybody, but it's wrong when you're 42. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. And the fact that I was lifting and, like, just grinding through pain, probably making the thing even worse, it might not have been torn initially because I was so committed to it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of, like, talking my wife through this now. She'll go and she'll work out, and she'll work out so damn hard. Um, and I'll be like, you're, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like she's icing her knees when we're watching TV at night. I'm like, you're going to get hurt. It's going to, and it's going to suck. And you're going to need to get surgery. And you're going to go, why the hell did I do? Cause it's, that's what my physical therapist goes, what were you doing? And I go, I was bench pressing. He goes, okay, why? And I go, I don't know. It's just what you do. And he goes, not when you're 42, <laughs> you know, especially that much. Yeah. Like if you want to do it, then fine, but do it, you know, and adjust the weight and go higher reps lower weight definitely and it's not like it was a ridiculous amount of weight but when you weigh a buck 60 you know my definition of ridiculous and somebody who weighs 220 we're, we're in two different worlds here mm-hmm. so you know it sucks i mean it really sucks because now it's like I, I 
we first got down here, Jackson, I went to Orange Theory, which mm-hmm. to me is, you know, I mean, I guess it's, it's what, it is what you make of it. Yeah. But it certainly wasn't nearly as intense as, you know, and I just, and I guess it was just from the rowing machine and my shoulder immediately hurt mm-hmm. just from doing that. And it's, I even, and I took it super easy just to see how it would feel and immediately I'm just like, this thing's there. And I either got to get it repaired, which I probably will, even though it doesn't hurt me right now at all, knocking on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll never be able to lift. And then even when I do get it repaired, I'll never go back to that again. Yeah. And here's the thing. Honestly, I don't care. But yeah. but I think you have, I think uh, uh, even, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's, you're married and just like, yeah, not, not that you want to become a fat fuck. Yeah. But that. You're just like, yeah, I don't need to get ripped up. First mm-hmm. off, it's incredibly difficult to have happen anyway once you reach a certain point. Yeah. And, yeah, I, it, but so I, I absolutely track it every day. I weigh myself every morning. Um, and uh, I mon and I weigh, you know, give or take like three to four pounds. Like there's that, there's the delta. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm in the high 150s. Sometimes I'm in the low 160s. That's where I am. And I track my protein and my carbs and my fats and my calories. And I run probably four to five times a week, about two and a half miles. Um, But as far as the lifting, which I did in 2016, 17, 18, and 19, I'll never do that again. Like it's all like it's all it's one. It's it's a rare thing where you go. I'll never do that again. But I know I will never do it again for health reasons. I, I won't even like think about doing it and i guess it, like people are looking at me like they kind of laugh like the doctors and the physical therapists like what were you doing in the first place doing that but that's what i was doing mm-hmm. and it's a great plan like if you're in your teens and your 20s and maybe early 30s i suppose but yeah i look back i well i'm surprised i didn't hurt myself for the squats or the deadlifts yeah and that's, like i was deadlifting again serious shit for my size and I think about it, like my wife would hear me like dropping the weights because we'd be working out together, and she'd just be like, "God, I always worry you're gonna get hurt." And if anything, I'm kind of like you know, torn shoulder labrum isn't a great thing. You know, at this point, it's almost been two years since I did it, but I'm able to function. I'm playing golf a shitload, yeah. and that's kind of all I care about. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to run. Like, but what if I would like hurt my back doing that? Yeah, that's the thing. Those squats, man. If you get a back injury doing squats, they can set it's you just, back that's it. forever. Like you can, yeah. you can like you can recover. Obviously, but you'll never be the same. That's the thing. Like the shoulder. That's the thing. I'll never the shoulder weight. Like I just, I'll never. I will never bench press what I was bench pressing. But I'm. It's not like oh my god. That's sad. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. I'm disappointed in myself for doing it. I'm also. I feel honestly. I feel really badly because I was on the radio and on the podcast advocating it. And I truly believed it. I wouldn't have said it if I didn't believe it. But I didn't, you know, it, it's a plan that I think I, it really should come with some kind of caveat. Yeah. That this is not for, and it does. He spends time on injuries, but this thing came on quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's brutal. Yeah, you rarely I ever st- think It's about so it. weird. I ha- I do have a tear in my shoulder, but they didn't initially see it, and then I kept having pain, and then they went back and they did, I can't remember what they call it, where they inject the ink in there and the contrast or whatever. Yeah, with the x-ray. And that's where they saw it. Mm-hmm. And they were really surprised that I had one. And I haven't gotten it repaired just because I don't want to, like, sit out for six months to a year. But, um, and I'm not going to lift. And so I talked to plenty of people like, yeah, I didn't get it repaired. But then I talked to other people and they're like, get it repaired now while you're younger. You don't want you to have to get it repaired when you're like 60. And 
So I don't fucking know. I don't know. You know. Yeah. But anyway, what were you saying, sir? I'm sorry. I was no, off on my not, usual bullshit. Totally fine. I was saying that you don't like think when you're like starting to do something like that, you rarely ever think like, oh, how will this injure me? Like, no. Like, what will be the long term effect? And you don't know until you do get injured. Exactly. And then it's like this immediate awareness of what the hell was I doing? Yes. Like, I mean, a it, 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 couple of things. Like, I used to run, I used to get up to, I don't think I got up to 10 on the treadmill running intervals, but I know I was in the nines. And as I'm running, I'm thinking to myself, boy, I make one false step. I'm going to like, I, who knows what I'm going to do? Blow out my knee? Yeah. You know, just rip my leg off? Who fucking knows? Yeah. I mean, you're flying at that speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, what was I doing? It's just not necessary. Even now, like when I'm out there and I'm running and I'll run in the middle of the afternoon out here and there's no, there's nobody on the streets. I mean, people clear out like a ghost town at two o'clock down here, mm-hmm. you know, when it's hot. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do it. And, and even then it's like, okay, I could wind up hurting my knee. And I'm, what am I doing? I'm just burning calories, but I want to, I like, I like, I like getting the sweat in. I yeah. like it. Yeah. But it's just like it's a it's a weird thing because you have to have some awareness of aging. And I think everybody kind of thinks they're the exception. Maybe not, because if you've been injured earlier in your life, then, you know, yeah, like you played Jakey, Jakey, big mistakey in the fan page club championship. That guy, I mean, he was a great football player and he played Mm -hmm. rugby. I mean, he's beating the shit out of himself. I think I was talking. It's like when I told Cam about my torn shoulder labrum, Mm -hmm. you know. It's like I was telling him about a hangnail. It's like, oh, you okay, princess? You know, he's like, yeah. get it fixed. Fuck off. You know, <laughs> you know. It's like I think I talked to him about Jake. You know, yeah. he played you know rugby forever and football. It's like, you know, I mean, it sucks. You got it, but you know, big fucking deal. But because those guys beat the shit out of themselves mm-hmm. and they got injured, so they're aware that it can happen. But when you're me and you're not playing anything. And then you're all of a sudden, for whatever reason, at around the age of 39, I start lifting, for me, heavy weights, low reps, and I'm seeing some, and I don't want to say a body transformation, but improvement, and I really enjoy the workout. I'm like, this is great. Why isn't everybody doing this? Everybody should read Bigger, Faster, Leaner, or whatever the hell it was, Bigger, Faster, Leaner, Stronger, and, you know, get get into this shape. It's a great workout plan. And then you get hurt, and you go, what the fuck? Now, not only did I hurt myself, but now I was telling people to do it. And, 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 yeah, if you're in your 20s, tw- Jackson, maybe it will be great for you if it's the direction you wanted to go, but mm-hmm. I'm 20 years older than you. It's just not mm-hmm. it's not the move, and you have to have that awareness. So it's like I, the only person I talk to about it with is my wife, yeah. who is in truly the best shape of her life, like ripped, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. like. But I, And I go, uh, you're going to get hurt. I'm like, I, And it's like I want it to be – because it's going to happen. I just want it to be a minor thing. Yeah. So with yoga, which is what I was doing – in addition to cardio and lifting, before I tore my shoulder labrum, um, I can't do it now mm. because a lot of the, yeah. you know. Yeah, a lot of it. What do you call putting, poses? Yeah, you put a lot of weight on your shoulders and Absolutely. Elbows. Yeah. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So part of me wants to get this, I, you know, if we do wind up living in St. Louis for a while, you know, so then you got the winter. Yeah. That shit. Uh, get my shoulder taken care of like in September, October. Yeah, then you'll be and ready then to just roll. go. Okay, I'm not going to play golf until April, and that's just the way that it is. And I'm going to have to deal with it and shut the fuck up. And then I can maybe get back into yoga mm-hmm. eventually. But the lifting thing, it's over for me. It's over for me. It's over now. With regards to eating, it's everything. It truly like if you really, really want to get in shape. 
I think something that for me for like I don't know probably about nine ten years be like okay I'm gonna work out but then I'll eat like shit mm-hmm. so I would eat metabolic meals like for lunch but then I would eat God only knows what for dinner and saw no effect but if you really want to I mean for real, you can see it, it and it can happen pretty quickly and it, it, it is it's math it's kind I don't it's it's easy in this sense it's easy to do it it's easy to do it because there is a way to do it there is actual math the tough the thing that's tough is the discipline yeah the discipline of working out whatever your workout is making sure you actually do it making sure you're doing the workout properly as far as the move so you don't hurt yourself and then also the discipline to actually eat properly and drink properly and that means it's this if you're drinking soda that's over and if you're drinking a bunch of booze you're just in in taking in a bunch of empty calories mm-hmm. so that's but but can it be done it absolutely can and i'm sure there are some people with some conditions that make it incredibly difficult so i'm speaking from not from that position but it absolutely can be and now with you make reference to my fitness pal to be able to track that stuff yeah you know, there's certain percentages. You want your percentage of protein to be this, and you want your percentage of carbs to be this, and your percentage of fats to be this. And you got to take in. You can't like go no. I mean, I know people do it, but to eat no carbs the rest of your life is just not a sustainable thing. Yeah, so if that's done. the way that you get there, it, I wouldn't recommend doing it because you know you're not going to be able to keep doing it. It's just so I'm at a point where it's like okay, I'm going to stay in my 160, maybe 157, maybe 160 or range and that's what I'm going to do and that's just kind of it and you know trying to get ripped up I just it doesn't do it for me I have, I have zero interest in it I'm 44 years old I will continue to be physically active mm-hmm. but like going oh I gotta get ripped you know I just I, it, for me that is like a zero important thing so that's where I am it just I felt good it wound up it wound up making my body be much better shape but I just loved the workout I mm-hmm. loved the challenge of doing it and I loved the workout the eating thing though if you're not going to eat properly I don't want to say then it's worthless to then work out because that certainly isn't the case because you're burning calories and that has value and I'm sure it's good for muscle and so on but if you want to see actual results you have to attack it from both fronts mm-hmm you're not going to see it if you only if you only work out. And and I think one of the things that I loved about the bigger, faster, leaner, stronger thing before I tore my shoulder labrum was it was really kind of anti-cardio. And for me, I'm not a big fan of the cardio, but now since I'm not lifting, it's kind of my thing. But you would you would, you know, you would burn so many calories from lifting so much and kind of being on a, you know, 2-minute cycle. Yeah that uh, the cardio thing was taken out of play. I remember talking to some people who actually really did play sports, and they'd be like, yeah, I don't I don't mess with cardio. You know, at the same time, they're like, yeah, I don't really mess with deadlifting, dude. What are you doing? You're going to blow out your back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, do I think about what I should I, I'm I'm absolutely aware of it. And I'm kind of on an intermittent fasting thing as well, Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's 114 here right now, and I have had coffee, a bunch of water, and a protein shake. So I've had like essentially like four grams of carbohydrates. Yeah. Fifty grams of uh, of protein. protein, but I'll eat lunch here. But I try, especially when I'm back in St. Louis, to not eat anything after eight o'clock. That's, yeah. I can get know. tough sometimes. Yeah, that's the key. But I'm just 
you know, it, it's tough because there's so much of it is balance. Mm-hmm. But I want to, I want to, I enjoy going out to eat. I love so many restaurants, whether it's in St. Louis or elsewhere. And you know, I don't know. I think to like deny oneself of that. Yeah, that's bad for your mental state, which is all which will compound into yeah leading you off the course. It's it's yeah, like you said, it's balance. Like that's kind of how I think. Like weekdays, I try to stay as disciplined as possible, and then weekends more dinner so than lunch because if you eat like a big huge lunch on the weekend it's going to be tough to do some that night right but so dinner, but that's the thing that's the on, i guess if it were to be ideal i guess this is not speaking from a nutritionist standpoint but it'd be better to eat the big meal at lunch yeah and then a lighter meal at dinner like at six o'clock and then then you're done and then you're sleeping from whatever time and then the sleep thing's a huge thing too yeah you gotta get uh, i mean it, and it just require it truly does require discipline i also think surroundings play a role in it mm-hmm. Definitely. you know what i mean yeah and this is one of these things but i think it's healthy to talk i hope it's more healthy to talk it's not fat shaming it's such a fucking weird thing this fat shaming thing where the fuck did that come from but whatever um because i don't think it's like listen if you're gonna sit there and go oh look like like bill for example this is gonna be a topic i wasn't intending to get into but sometimes Bill Maher would go out of his way to like make fat jokes about Chris Christie, and I guess to an extent Trump. But it was always like Chris Christie, and I'd be like, and I wasn't like, oh, don't make fun of the fat guy. I'd just be like, that's so like level fruit. one. Yeah. It's so basic and beneath your intellect mm-hmm. to go doing fat jokes. It's like toilet humor. Yeah, you know, like really. I mean, you're like this brilliant comedian, whether somebody likes his politics or not. Official 2021 disclaimer. But you you recognize that he's an intelligent man, mm-hmm. and now you're just make fun of a guy for being fat. Yeah. But then what's his big thing, Jackson? He talks about how American obesity played a role in accelerating COVID. Yep. Well, yes, absolutely. We talked about this on the radio show back in March. We talked about cigarette smoking and obesity, mm-hmm. and why America was more susceptible than other countries because of the obesity and the percentage of people smoking cigarettes. And in comparison to other countries. And then, like, you didn't really hear much about it because people are like, oh, it's a fat shaming. But Bill Maher is a guy telling fat jokes. You know, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I'm not trying to, like, make this about Bill Maher, but I'm like, he's right about the, the obesity element of this Definitely. and why the United States had some bigger problems with it. No pun intended. But it's like, oh, making fat. And, and, and again, it's like, okay, you want to make fat jokes? Fine, make height jokes. I don't give a shit. I can't do anything about it. This is the hand I was dealt. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. But, you know, fat jokes okay, it's just, it's not, it's not about, I find it offensive. I'm just like, ah, it's kind of weak. You're just, just better than that. <laughs> so I don't, it's, it's not because I don't find it funny per se. I'm just like, it's such a like two foot putt of a joke and you're yeah. operating it. You can hit a 40 footer. Why fuck with the two footer? Yeah. But either way, premise being, I think it's healthy to talk about it. I think it's healthy to talk about all of this shit. I think it is healthy. To, I think when people feel like they can't talk about something, it makes it makes a problem worse. And so, therefore, I do think talking about health and going, yeah. I mean, I, I truly do. I look at pictures like in 2010, and I, I might have weighed less. But it wasn't about what you weigh. It's about body composition. And I was just like, you know, whatever. I'll go to the gym. Okay, I'll bench press and you know, fuck around here and do some curls and then I'll do like the stairs for a half hour and then I'm going to go home and I'll eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It, so was it just a lack of awareness? And I think a lot of people would get into shape if they actually knew the proper roadmap. 
but I think it's a lack of information. I think people are like, oh, I'm going to drink diet soda, so therefore that's a nothing. But it is. It's a problem. It's actually, it actually has a negative effect on health. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll eat the low-fat thing. It, doesn't, it still no. doesn't make it good for you. It no. doesn't change that. And it doesn't even really necessarily make it less bad because sometimes the low fat's going to have the much higher carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So, it's I, 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 so I do think there is in some capacity some people who are overweight or obese who truly do want to do it right, but then they go, well, shit, I've been I've been eating the low fat stuff and drinking diet soda, and I've done it for a month and nothing's changed. So fuck this, I'm done with it. I'm not happy, and I'm going to get who cares. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's where a lot of it comes from. But getting back to the environment thing, I mean, I, I, unless I'm off the mark, St. Louis is a heavier city. Mm. No, that would Am be I accurate. right on this? Yeah, I mean, I mean this is this is just a straight observational. But yeah, well, so if if, the, if so if the bar is lower, then I think people feel like oh I can kind of let myself go because everybody's kind of else let themselves go. Yeah, if you were in Southern California, you would probably be more inclined to uh, hit the gym and eat right than you would say in St. Louis, not just, not because of, you know, we do have probably a higher volume of restaurants that would serve you something less healthy than California, but the people, uh, in Southern California are more likely in better shape than they would be in St. Louis. That's right. But I also think now, so there's some things that come into this though, then that's why I feel like you gotta, you gotta have a full conversation. Mm-hmm. If you're able to get outside yeah. 12 months a year, mm-hmm. That increases the probability of activity. And then you also have socioeconomic things. So this thing, oh, they're lazy and fat. Well, okay, I mean, why are you even saying that? But say it, fine, if that, you know, is the, but the, okay, what? let me put it this way. I, I remember right when our son was born, and he's always been high energy, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon, but he was high energy, so extreme, and still is. And I remember saying to myself, my God, this is, this is taking all of our effort to take care of him, and, you know, I do a radio show and a podcast, you stay at home, and we have our hands full. Mm-hmm. And both of our parents live in St. Louis and about 10, 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. What if we weren't together, you had three kids instead of one, you know, your parents aren't here, your parents aren't alive, my parents aren't here, and, and you have to work one or two jobs. Just to take care of, just to have enough money just to be able to pay for the three kids. Mm-hmm. Because that is a hell of a lot more common than the circumstance I'm talking about. Yes, read bigger, leaner, stronger, and, you know, get metabolic meals. That's not realistic for everybody. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's a huge part of the equation. And so to equate obesity with laziness, I think is is is, not only is it, I think mean, but whatever. That's not going to just like not like this is the, the the nice haven. So, whatever. I just think it's misguided. That's what I actually think of it more. It's misguided because you're not taking in all the factors. You know. Yeah. Like it, so, if somebody says, "Well, I'm attracted to tall people," good. I don't fuck. I get it. It's probably something that subconsciously our genetics desire to have. You know, bigger, <laughs> bigger offspring. Mm-hmm. Totally get it. I get it. Bad beat for me. <laughs> oh well, it's a hand I was dealt. What am I going to do about it? You know, you know. Now, if somebody's like motherfucking me because I'm short, it's like, okay, well, shit. I mean, I can't do anything about it. What yeah, the fuck am I going to do? You get this the surgery. You get that surgery. That yeah, yeah, I do need to get that surgery. They insert what? Then I'm then I'm like over five ten. It's not really going to get me too far. Uh, so you know, you can say, well, there's something. Nothing you know, nothing you can do about height. You, you know, there is something you can do about weight. Well, maybe, 
Maybe. Now, if you're like a rich, arrogant, fat person, (laughs) (laughs) I view that situation differently than somebody who's not in a spot where they can afford meal. I think you were the one who was saying, quality food costs more. Yeah. That's the reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the ability to have an hour or two to exercise or even a half hour. Or if you have a bunch of kids going around. So, you know, and you're not in a spot where you... So there are a bunch of factors that, that come into it. And, yeah, if you were living in Southern California or South Florida or, you know, I don't know, where, where else people might be, it's Scottsdale probably, you mm-hmm. know, where you have some more money and you have some the ability to be outside 12 months a year, it's, a, it's a, just a different set of circumstances. So yeah. the judgment that comes into play, you know, that's something that I, I feel like, I, I feel like then that kind of gets into people like, you know, are you going to like scoff at like the fat person in the gym? Credit the person for getting their ass there. Absolutely. You know, and then you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel like, the I feel like first off, there really isn't a discussion about it. And then if there is, it can oftentimes kind of get misguided. And I'm sure I'm saying some things here unintentionally that aren't true or misguided myself, even though I know they're coming from what I think is a good place. Um. But it is so important. And I don't know how it happened with with Americans. I, I, I've talked about before watching the Woodstock documentary, obviously, from 1969. And what stands out to me more than anything else, it's not the music. It's not the nudity. It's not the open use of drugs. It's, it's how everybody's thin. Mm-hmm. So that's 1969. Yeah. I mean, it's a while ago, but it's not like it's 200 years ago. So what the fuck happened? I don't know. Rising. I mean, you can go processed foods, video games, sedentary lifestyle, you know. Yeah. Both parents are working, so people don't have the opportunity to go out and play as much. Or what, I, I, have no, I have no idea. Whatever thing you want to throw at it, I don't know. But I just know. All I know is that. And I specifically remember being the one time I, it hit me. I was outside of Foxborough Stadium before it was Gillette Stadium, Rams and Patriots, Sunday night. Uh, three months later, they'd play in the Super Bowl. And I was like, I'm outside the stadium. I'm like, what? That, something is different here. Like, what is it? I'm like, oh, almost everybody's thin. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder why that is. Now, that doesn't mean everybody in New England is thin. And this was 2001. I don't know what the hell's going on now. I just remember it was the first time I'd ever even crossed my mind. And I don't know what, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea why. I just know what I saw and remember thinking that. But I think oftentimes people equate weight or being overweight with a failure of some kind. And I don't necessarily think that that is the case. You know, I don't think it's the case, actually. I can take off the qualifier on it. Um, you know, because so much of it, I think, is is is, is socioeconomic. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, if you're, if you're like, okay, yeah, during the year I'm doing this, so, but, you know, from November to April it's cold and gray and rainy and can't get outside, well, then that takes that, could take that out of play. So, yeah, that's why Southern California, yeah, there may be more money there, but, you know, you also have a better climate, and that's that's the deal. So I Definitely. think that's what comes into play. I would I would imagine if you did a median body fat percentage of people in their 40s in the state of Wisconsin and a median body fat percentage of, you know, people living in, take your pick of whatever area code of Los Angeles mm-hmm. or San Diego, I would imagine it would be substantially different. But I don't think that means people in Wisconsin are lazier. No. 
So that's the point I'm trying to drive home. All right, that's enough. That's enough. I've gone. How long have we gone, Jackson? God only knows. We got the lesbian story, and then I got knocked off track. An hour and 46 minutes. It's not bad. Nah. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors for making the podcast possible. Thank you for the listeners, for all the emails. I got, I don't know, Jackson. We got to do more of them. That's what we got to do. Yep. Um, because I'm just not getting through all the emails. I mean, I'm looking at emails that have been sent in here in the last 24 hours, and they take up all of my email page. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm just not getting through everything, and I want to do that. Uh, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. For Action Jackson, Virgin Pringles, Sauce Boss, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.